There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. As a guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days in the field. This show is about translating my hard-won experiences into tips and tactics that'll get you closer to your ultimate goal, success in the field. I'm Remy Warren. This is Cutting the Distance. It's the middle of September. I know... For many areas, a lot of people have been encountering some really tough conditions this elk season, mostly due to wildfires around, low visibility, some hot weather. And then there's also been the flip side where depending on where you're at, you've just run into some awesome hunting. For me, it was a pretty slow start. First portion was pretty smoky, pretty hot, not a lot of running activity. But as soon as that pressure system changed, man, those animals started firing up. We got some cooler weather in. And it turned out to be awesome. I actually recently took a a bull with my longbow just this last weekend. And it made me realize some of the calling techniques, especially when you're calling by yourself, it can be very difficult to draw a bull into your location because what they'll do is they'll hang up just out of range. So this week, I want to kind of go over some of the tactics that I use in calling a bull in when you're by yourself and ways that you can use not necessarily a call, but certain times you can use silence to get that bull to come in a little bit closer. This past weekend was just one of those weekends where it goes from zero to a hundred. I don't know if anybody else experienced this, but the start of my elk season was a little bit rocky only because, or at least the start of my elk hunt, 
because the smoke was so bad. It was hot temperatures and the animals just were not being active. I couldn't even like, I just couldn't buy a bugle. It felt like I was going to some of my favorite spots, some places that I knew well, that generally hold elk and just not turning anything up. And I couldn't glass to find them. So it was just kind of felt a little handicapped, but that all changed when the weather itself changed. So it was kind of like hot, terrible conditions but the night before the weather shifted i ended up going to a spot and getting one bugle so i thought okay i'm gonna go back into this spot well that pressure system kind of changed up a little bit and that next morning i started out early just like most mornings threw out a locator bugle before daylight and heard a bull kind of like (laughs) back up on the ridge behind me So I figured, okay, I'm going to work into that spot. I'm not going to make any more noises now because I wanted to get close before I let out any more sounds and just wanted to also kind of wait until it got closer to shooting like because I didn't want to draw them in too early. So I get back in the trees on this ridge is like burnt and there's all these little pines around and I'm in the trees shooting light now. And so I let out just a few cow calls, just testing the waters here. And then I let out a bugle. Then it's almost like the amphitheater starts. A bugle across the valley, a bugle up on the ridge to my right. And then I hear not necessarily a bugle, but just like this heavy breathing behind me and stuff breaking. So I turn around, give it a big bugle. And then those other bulls fire off across the canyon. I can hear whatever's behind me now has moved off and it let out a few little like chuckles back behind me. So I I drop down, circle around, get a view, and the bullet actually come in really close to me. Maybe I would say probably 20 yards or so, but just it was so thick I never actually saw him. So I get around and about 120 yards out, I see there's a small five by five. And I thought, well, I've got my longbow with me pretty much. If that bull came in, I would definitely have probably drawn back and shot him. But I also kind of, at the beginning of the season, thought I'm looking for a bull that has at least six points on one side. I don't care. It's just like, for some reason, I kind of set little goals for myself and I wanted to hunt with my longbow. And if it had six points on a side, that's what I'm looking for. So I decided to walk away from that small five point because I had two other bulls just going crazy across the canyon. Every time one would bugle, the other would bugle. I thought, okay, this is a pretty good situation. They sound like more mature bugles. This other one kind of wasn't really into what I was doing, what I was cooking. So I figured I couldn't see these other bulls. So I bugle and I'm going to now make my way across the canyon. I figured if some other bull comes in and I decide I want to shoot it, cool. But I'm going to go see what these other ones look like first. So I start moving that direction bugling and now at this point i'm just doing like i'm kind of matching the bull's bugles and i finally put eyes on the bull across the canyon i'm like sweet that's a good enough bull for me it looked like he had six points decent looking animal and he's pretty fired up so i start working my way that way i kind of break out of the pine trees like the forest part and i'm trying to move quick to get into position because i don't know where these other elk are but i know that that one i could see him working over the ridge where most of the other bugles were so i wanted to get there fast enough to try to intercept him so he didn't go into that big herd because i could tell that or at least from what i saw it was a lone bull so i'm like sweet i pretty much used my own podcast tactics of lone bull 
cow call party. So now I'm, I'm cow calling and that bull is bugling to my cow calls. And when that happened, I just thought, yep, I can call this bull in. Like he likes that. I know what this bull likes. Like the other bulls were really bugling to the bugles, but this bull really liked that sound. So I do that and then he would bugle. So I get set up and I, I get myself on this ridge where I'm going to be able to draw this bull up over a rise because he's looking for cows. So I figure, okay, I'm going to get to that rise. I'm by myself. So I can't draw like when you've got two people calling, it's a completely different scenario because one guy can go ahead. The other guy can draw back, but because I'm by myself, I need this bull to kind of pop up and be looking for the cows, but not so much so that he can see everything and not have to commit all the way. I'm fortunate that I can actually see long distance. So I can, can I watch this whole thing play out, which is pretty rare most of the time you're just hearing what's going on, but you necessarily can't see it. However, the tactic didn't really change in my mind. So the bull's across the canyon. I'm giving him the cow calls and he's liking it. He's now coming in on a string. Like I can tell by his positioning and the way he's bugling at me, he's going to come in. I know that he's coming in. So I get set up to a point where I think that when he pops up, he won't be able to, if I was too far from that ridge, he would be able to look around and understand where those elk are. Cause man, these elk can just pinpoint your sound so well. So I get set up, I get my cameras set up. I set my phone up, start calling bull starts working in. I actually filmed the thing come in the entire way. He drops down below me. He's out of sight. Cause I'm crouched down. Then I pop up to adjust the camera and I decide when he's over there and moving, I'm going to call as soon as he gets out of sight, then I know he's, he's working my way. I already trust that that bull knows where I am. I'm going to go silent. So I don't make any more calls. What I want him to do is have to like search for me where he's, he's actively looking, but I want him close enough to my position, but I don't want to give away exactly where I am when he's really close because I don't want him to hone in on me because I'm by myself. I'm trying to film all this. So he pops down and now I see antler tips coming up the hill rise in front of me. I readjust the camera, get set up focus in the bull stops behind this one small pine tree it's like perfect setup he's probably 15 yards then i see him start to walk out so i start to draw my bow back and he whips his head in my direction and i just freeze i just wait 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 don't move i mean elk are like t-rex of the animal world if you don't move they don't see you so i wait but now based on that movement i know okay, he's probably going to jump. I've always had my call in my mouth when I'm ready. The bull then starts walking out. I let him get a few steps out into the open. He's not looking my direction. I start to draw back. He jumps. As I'm drawing back, I see him move. Focus in on the spot, release the arrow, hit the bull. The bull runs off, goes over the ridge. And I got an awesome bull. Essentially called it myself, filmed it myself, and shot it, obviously. (laughs) by myself. But it was just an awesome experience to have that kind of scenario where you can see what the elk's doing. I had time to set up and just like an awesome encounter with essentially a a really, really cool bull.
If you're anything like me, you might be going on an elk hunt or have an elk hunt, and it might just not be feasible to have somebody else with you. You might have to, you might be hunting on your own. Maybe you're hunting with somebody that doesn't elk call or can't elk call. There's a lot of things, you know, a lot of scenarios. But these tips that I'm going to give you are not just for calling alone. However, they do really increase your opportunity of getting that bull within range. But also, if you're doing a setup, these are just some really good ideas on ways to set up. So I'm going to give you my five best tips when you're calling elk by yourself or how to set up on elk. So the first tip is going to be to set up where they'll stop or where they can't see you. You got to understand like when you're calling elk, they're going to do a lot of things. They're, they're calling, you're calling, they're calling, but they're also looking out for, I mean, just at natural elk behavior is the animal is going to go to where he knows where that sound is coming from. And he's going to look. If he doesn't see anything, he's probably going to lose interest. That doesn't mean that he necessarily knows that your setup is fake, but he's going to go to an area where he can look and say, okay, sounded like 30 cows over here. It's fairly open or I'm within a potential distance that I think I could see some cows and I don't see anything I'm interested in. All right, I'm going to go back over here. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go do something else. So making sure you can set up in a place where that bull is likely to stop or needs to come to to verify what's going on is a really good way to set up. So when I'm hunting by myself, I like to stop and try to get to a spot where that bull is calling where I think that he's going to have to peek over. And that's generally like some form of ridge, some form of change in terrain, maybe it's open, so I'm going to set up just in the trees. Somewhere where it will have to draw that bull to come get a closer look is one of the best places to set up. And that goes for if you're calling for someone, having them set up at that area as well. If you're getting a lot of elk holding up just out of range, maybe you're set up and they're always 60, 70, 80 yards out. It might just be more of a factor of how you're setting up and where you're deciding to stop than your whole calling sequence or anything like that. So picking a spot where you're going to have a shot, but it's also a place where that bull kind of has to get close to verify and use his eyes to see what's going on and picking those places wisely, if possible, is going to really help you get that elk into position. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on FishingBooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. 
book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land. Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Now, another really good tip, tip number two, would be to call behind you. So using your calls directionally. As I'm moving in toward the elk, I like to throw my calls toward that animal so it knows, hey, I'm, especially if I'm bugling, I'm challenging you, I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm displaying and I've got these cows here. But as I get closer, I start throwing my calls back the other direction. I really believe elk are really, really good at pinpointing where you're at, but throwing it that other direction might make it seem or appear a little bit further away. Now, there's this catch where you need to draw the elk to your position, but you also want to not give away exactly where you're at if you're by yourself. So I like to throw those calls in that opposite direction as I get closer to that elk, making him know my general vicinity, my general direction that that bull will need to travel, but maybe hoping that he thinks that I'm a little bit further back than I am. Then I don't have to be the guy ahead of the calling, but I'm using my sound in the other way to draw that bull closer. Tip number three would be call soft. It's in the same vein of calling behind you using like a diaphragm call. A lot of times I'll do these cow calls or even bugles with my mouth closed. It's kind of that same thing where that bull really has to listen in. It doesn't necessarily mean that he won't know where you're at, but I think one thing that people do too often is they get really loud when that animal's close, but it makes them have to investigate a little bit more. Like, oh, I thought they were here, but it sounds further away. I'm going to go look. They get curious. And those soft calls, those being quiet calls or like calls at half volume or less can be really effective when you're by yourself. It's something that I've found over the years works really well. And I learned that because there's so many times where I've have a bull and he's screaming and I'm screaming, which is really good, but he just wouldn't come in that distance. And then I start doing some cow calls quiet, which is very similar to throwing the direction different, but it's like, Hmm, I thought I heard him here. Is that elk pulling the close elk away? And they come in that extra bit of distance. Tip number four would be call then move. It's essentially thinking of it like it's a two-man setup where one guy's behind and then you're up. As long as that bull's making noise, you can kind of gauge where he's at. So what I'll like to do is I'll kind of look at an area where I've got ability to move. Maybe it's in cover. Maybe there's a ridge. I'll go back. I'll call. I'll make all my calls 
in one area, a little bit behind me, say 30, 60 yards, and then I move up and get set up. That's in hopes of drawing the bull to that last sound location, but being set up further up to intercept him when he goes in to look. Remember that bull, he wants to check out what's going on. He might just want to test the waters a little bit. If he's not super fired up, he might not come in all the way, so he's going to walk in to look. And that's why you want to be calling further back and then go up and set up quiet and wait for that bull. The fifth tactic is going to be to go dark. A lot of elk calling isn't necessarily the calls you make, but it's using noise and silence in combination. What happens when you go dark? What I mean by go dark is just stop calling. Make your cow sounds. When you know that that bull is moving in on you or your bugles or whatever, if it's not maybe a fired up bull, but it's a bull that you're using cow calls to call to, going quiet can be a really good tactic because I've seen cow elk do this they'll talk they'll talk they'll talk then they'll shut up and that bull's like where are you where are you and he's gonna go to that last place where he heard those elk this is a really effective tactic when you're by yourself especially if you've got a lone bull coming in if you know that it's a lone bull this is a really great tactic if you don't it's still a good tactic you're pinpointing your location to that elk by saying i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm here And then now he has to come in and look for those elk because he doesn't know, did they move off? So he moves a little bit slower. You just have to use a lot of patience in that scenario. What I like to do is I like to create these scenarios where that bull has to seek me out because I'm by myself, because those elk might have a propensity to stop somewhere, to investigate the situation, to look from a distance, just out of range or just behind stuff. I need that elk to kind of have enough curiosity to move in and move through some of that stuff where I'm set up to come into my location without giving him the exact location of where I am when he's close. I would say when that elk's further out, he could probably pinpoint your location of calling within a 15 yard radius. And that's what you want when you're hunting by yourself. You want that bull to come into that 15 yard radius and start looking around. You don't necessarily want him pinpointed on your exact location because if he knows exactly where you are when he's close, he's going to be looking right there. He's going to be honed in on it. He's going to be expecting to see an elk. He might even stop further out when he can see that area and look. Now, if he hasn't heard anything for a little bit, he's going to go, huh, maybe they're still in that spot because cow elk don't necessarily have to be talking all the time. So they'll talk, they'll talk, they'll talk, then they'll go quiet. And that bull's going to come in and start looking around. He's going to be searching for those cows, but he's going to be looking in lots of different directions, which gives you a really good opportunity to draw back, to go unnoticed, to be set up in a place where that bull will come to your location, but not necessarily expect to see a hunter there or not necessarily stop further out and try looking in. I really believe that a lot of elk hunting success comes down to your setup and how effective you are using the terrain available, using your calling to try to trick that bull to either the shooter or if you're the shooter and caller, your location. By really trying to trick their eyes and using their ears by using some silence as well as changing the directions of your calls, you're going to be a lot more successful at bringing that bull into bow range. I'm super pumped on all the messages I've been getting of success, of tactics people have been using from the podcast to be successful. Those are awesome to get. I really enjoy all the photos that I've been getting, all the success stories 
those are huge for me. I mean, that just reaffirms some of the tactics and, and a lot of things, knowing that it's helping you guys be successful or try something new, or, or maybe if it's a new type of hunt, a lot of people have been getting out and doing something different, doing something new. So I, I really enjoy seeing all that success, seeing all those stories. And even just those stories of tactics that you tried where it was like so close, but it didn't work out. And just in just getting that learning experience and those those cool encounters, that's what it's all about. Getting out there, getting those encounters, and giving it a whirl, giving it a try. I know if you're a rifle hunter or you've got hunts planned later in the season, you're probably like thinking about all these archery elk stories, and you're like, man, those don't really apply to me. But don't worry, we're going to be getting into the thick of a lot of other tactics here pretty soon. And if there's certain topics that you want discussed shoot me a message via Instagram at Remy Warren because I'm going to be doing a Q&A next week. I've got quite a few great questions lined up. I like to try to even compile some of the similar type questions and make sure that I answer some of those. One thing that has been awesome is a lot of the people that have asked questions have sent me success stories and success photos based on some of the answers they received. So uh, if that's that could be you. If you've got some questions that might, you know, they could be kind of specific or they could be broad topic. If, if there's something that you aren't picking up or something that you want to know, shoot me those questions. I would be more than happy to answer them for you or, or try to get to as many as I can. So that'll be next week. Also, if you are so inclined and you're going to send a whatever message or whatever, you can check out the story that I told today was just from last weekend's hunt, but I put that, I captured a lot of that on video. Um, That's all on my Insta story saved profile thing. So if you want to check that out, if you didn't catch it, you want to see it all go down in in semi real time, especially now knowing the backstory, because it's really hard to put in, you know, all the whole backstory into it. So if you want to catch that action and kind of see how it unfolded, Go check that out. That'd be sweet. But otherwise, I really appreciate you guys listening, tuning in. I'm pretty stoked that it's hunting season. I'm trying to squeeze these podcasts in between hunts. It's like I went out this morning. I got a buddy in right now. We're elk hunting. We're chasing, getting on him. And I feel bad because I sent him out on his own. So I gave him some of these tips. I'm like, okay, do this, do this. I've been kind of a lot of these things that I'm saying is just stuff that I'm talking about in the field while I'm out there. So I think that these fall podcasts can be really timely, really effective, especially because it's top of the mind for me, because it's just stuff I'm doing every day, pretty much from now until December 1st, I'll be out hunting elk, guiding, doing all that good stuff. So if there's things you want to know, don't forget, shoot me that message. Otherwise, until next week, draw them in close. We'll catch you later. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. 
They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.